I'm speaking with Leah Pinsky. Leah is the Executive Director of Art Encounter, an organization whose mission is to educate, empower, and connect people of all ages and backgrounds through interactive encounters with visual art. Along with her husband, Dustin Harris, she also founded the Evanston Mural Arts Program, which pairs professional artists with community groups to create large-scale public works of art. I want to start by talking a bit about your background. Where did you grow up? Well, I grew up in Evanston, Illinois, where I currently live. And I actually grew up a few blocks from where I am now. I'm here in my office at the Noise Cultural Arts Center, which is really my home away from home for most of my childhood is like grew up here. But yeah, I lived in Evanston for my whole childhood. What was your experience of growing up in Evanston like? I really enjoyed growing up in Evanston. I made lots of good friends, lifelong friends. My father was a professor of mathematics at Northwestern University. So I got to know the university from a young age and maybe had a different perspective on Evanston because of it, because I saw that side of it as well as just being a townie, as it were. As I started to mention, I spent a lot of time at the Noise Cultural Arts Center. My mother is an artist, and so she introduced me to all of the arts from a very young age. How would you say that experience has helped to shape you going forward? Well, I really honestly cannot imagine a life outside of the arts in some kind of capacity. It's really hard for me to imagine what it would be like to have pursued a career in any other field. Not only did I grow up doing visual art through my mother and the organization that she founded, Art Encounter, which I am now the executive director of, but I also found early passions in theater and grew up with the Piven Theater Workshop here in Evanston, starting in elementary school all the way through high school, and actually really chose theater as a primary creative outlet before going into the visual arts. I pursued my college degree in theater, got a BFA in acting at New York University, and acted in New York before making a shift to a career in arts education. So I've been in theater and I've been in visual art. And as part of my professional life as an arts education program manager, I've also managed all kinds of arts disciplines. I've managed after school programs that have dance, writing, film. So again, being immersed in the arts is something I cannot imagine not doing in my life. How does that broad arts background help to inform your work that you do now as an arts educator? Well, I'm currently an arts administrator, but I have been on the front lines, as it were, as a teaching artist as well. I manage a mural program in Evanston, but I've also been a muralist. So I think I do have a strong sensitivity to what it means to actually carry out programs. Also being a creative person and being an artist and being an actor, I think I have a pretty well-rounded sensibility of what it means to be in the classroom with students, creating work, being sensitive to their needs, understanding the educational environment and the challenges that teachers undergo. So that broad background, I think, has helped me gain a greater perspective on all of the different facets of this work. What was it that brought you back to Evanston and what made you decide to settle down there? That's a good question. So I was pursuing a fairly successful career 
I mean, pretty early. But as an actress in New York, I had gotten my BFA, did a few shows, and then within a year and a half of graduating, had an extraordinary opportunity to be in a Broadway show for nine months, a revival of Arthur Miller's A View from the Bridge. And it was a beautiful production, had some great stars in it, including Allison Janney and Brittany Murphy and Anthony LaPaglia, who after receiving the Tony was replaced by Tony Danza, which was like super fun. And it was just an extraordinary experience. So I was on a pretty strong path to become a professional actor. But I also looked at the career and decided ultimately I wanted to pursue something that was of greater service to the community. Perhaps I didn't have quite the ego for that kind of career as an actor. And that is what drew me to make the decision to leave New York and come back to Chicago. I didn't come back to Evanston immediately. I lived in Rogers Park and I entered a master's degree program at Northwestern in performance studies, which is in some ways a cross between theater and anthropology. Prior to deciding that I wanted to absolutely be an actress, I was an anthropology major. So this felt like a great kind of synergy of my undergraduate studies. And I just wanted to do some thinking around what I wanted to pursue. So I ended up I won't get into my thesis information right now. That's another area. But I did end up sort of falling into arts education and worked in Chicago for quite a long time through Columbia College, through Urban Gateways, through Lifeline Theater in Rogers Park. I was the director of education there for a while, which was quite lovely. And then during that time, I also met my husband, who I had known when I was growing up in Evanston. He's also from Evanston. And long story short, after we got married and had a child, we wanted to give him, I guess, the kind of upbringing that we had. And we had such a wonderful childhood ourselves in Evanston. So we moved back to Evanston at that time about 11 years ago. So that's what eventually brought us back to Evanston, I guess, was family. We still both have lots of family here. My mother and father were still here. My father has since passed, but my husband's parents are also here. And so we had just a lovely community of family in Evanston. As an adult, what has it been like living in Evanston relative to what it was like as a child? Well, it took me a long time to be able to go through the city without just seeing the ghosts of the past, if you know what I mean. Early on, even though I lived in Rogers Park, which is so close to Evanston and visited my family all the time, I wasn't walking these streets on a daily level. So when I did come back, it took a while to get those memories of my childhood experiences. Oh, I used to go to this candy store when I was a kid after school. Or, oh yeah, this is where my friends and I used to get pizza, all that stuff. This is where we grab coffee, all those memories. It took a while to create new memories that then sort of congealed more with my adult life. So that was definitely a process. And right now they sort of live together, right? Because I've lived here for 11 years. So I have current history on these streets and I still have the layers of the past as well. Like the other night, my husband and I took our eighth grade son to the high school for upcoming freshman orientation night and walking the halls of the high school brings back tons of memories and I haven't been there as much. So we were picking up our free t-shirt for my son in the cafeteria that I used to eat at back in the days when there was like a smoking courtyard and it just brought back a lot of memories. So it's still alive inside me, but it's fine. I can enjoy those memories while I'm making new ones. 
As someone who's worked in the arts community for a number of years in Evanston, what would you describe that community as being like? The Evanston arts community is very vibrant. It is very strong. It has a huge heart and there's a tremendous amount of talent in this city. I think that the work that's happening among the artists and among the arts community speaks to the desire that those individuals and groups have to work together, to build community together. It's powerful and it's uplifting. Certain groups that you may be familiar with, such as Evanston Made, have done a tremendous service to individual artists that oftentimes work in isolation to bring them together and create community in the performance arts. Individuals such as Tim Rose from Fleetwood Jordan is doing a lot of great work. I mean, I can name lots of individuals, but on the whole, I have found it to be a really lively, vibrant community and supportive as well. And I know that you are involved, as you mentioned, with the Evanston Mural Arts Program. What was the inspiration behind that? Well, Evanston Mural Arts Program is a program within Art Encounter. And as I mentioned before, Art Encounter is a nonprofit based out of the Noise Cultural Arts Center that was founded by three artists in 1978, and one of whom is my mother. And she's still the artistic director, so I get to work with her. And that's really fun. It's created a whole new relationship for us. I joined the staff originally in 2015 to manage their school programs and their outreach programs. A lot of the work we do is to bring arts programs to communities that don't have access to it or resources or funding. So at no cost to the individuals we serve, we're bringing arts hands-on programs into their schools and senior homes and things like that. In any case, at that time, I was also a muralist and I ran a program in Rogers Park with my husband, Dustin Harris, called the Mile of Murals. You might be familiar with it as someone who lives in Rogers Park. It is a stretch of about a walking mile along the CTA Red Line Embankment. And we had been running that program for a while, bringing new artists to the area to paint these walls and enliven that arts district. It was really powerful, made a huge difference to just the whole spirit of the community. So after we had moved back to Evanston, we really wanted to bring that here as natives of Evanston, as public art facilitators, as muralists ourselves. We knew that we could really brighten the landscape of Evanston and bring art to more people in our community without the barriers of having to walk inside the gallery right on the street. So basically, Dustin and I generated this idea of the Evanston Mural Arts Program, and it found a perfect home within Art Encounter starting in 2017. So we just last year celebrated our fifth year and 25 murals, which is a lot. What's unique about this program is that it's really responsive to the community. Instead of going around looking for walls to paint, we really look for partners to serve. So every single project that we engage with is connected to some sort of community group, whether it's a business district or a nonprofit organization or a social service agency. So it's a beautiful program. We're also bringing exceptional artists to Evanston to beautify the landscape. And we've had a great time doing it so far. What has the community response been like? I'm happy to say it's been really, really positive. We've gotten a tremendous amount of positive feedback. You see that most when the artists are painting. They'll be on the street doing their murals and people will walk by and get so excited. Oh, another mural is going up. This is wonderful. Thank you for what you're doing. And so 
that is to me, the strongest testimonial is right there on the street that we receive. The artists that work with us report consistently that they have a really great experience working in Evanston because they're receiving such strong community support during the time that they're there. Sometimes people offer like, can I get you coffee or water? And that's just lovely. So yes, we've been happy that the program has been really well received. How do you identify sites for murals? And then how do you recruit artists to paint those? There's different ways that we do recruit artists and there's different ways of identifying the walls. Sometimes the project comes with a wall in mind, such as the main Dempster Mile, which has been one of our business district partners. And they had a project in 2019 to bring an artist to paint this wall on Chicago Avenue that's just adjacent to the Trader Joe's parking lot. And so we knew the site starting out, but we didn't know the artist. And that was done as a combination of us bringing recommendations, which is oftentimes what happens. Dustin and I have a large catalog of artists that we are familiar with, either that we've worked with before, we know are doing great work, have reached out to us. So we're always developing new relationships with artists. In any case, we can make recommendations. And this project, we gave recommendations and then they put it out to a community vote. So there was actually a community event in the main Dempster Mile where people would come and look at the portfolios of these artists well before designs were made. And they voted on what artists they wanted to see. And for that one, a lovely artist named Louise Jones, goes by Wheezy from Detroit, was selected. So then we pretty much commissioned her to design something for this mural in her own style, which is to portray native botanicals. So that's one example. And let me say that the projects that we have that are in partnerships with business districts usually already have a wall in mind because it's in their neighborhood. A project that didn't necessarily have a location is the Girl Scout mural. So we were contacted by the Girl Scouts of Evanston on the cusp of their 100th year anniversary of existing. And they wanted to have a commemorative mural that honored the 100 years of this activity and this beautiful community organization. And so with that project, we knew what we wanted to do, but we didn't have a wall in mind. So there are lots and lots of transit walls in Evanston. There's two big train lines that go through Evanston, the Metra owned by Union Pacific and the CTA. So that's a lot of potential real estate. And with those walls, you just need to gain approval and permission through those organizations. And that's a process in itself. So sometimes if we don't have a specific wall in mind, those are great walls to consider. Those are great walls to consider anyway, though they're not all in great shape. And so that's how those things come about. But as far as artists, as I mentioned, sometimes it's recommendations. Sometimes we will do a call for artists. Usually the committee of people in our partnership for whichever mural we're working on has some kind of idea of what they want to do. If they know they want to make it abstract or they know they want it to have some figures or they know that they want it to be community engaged in its actual fabrication. So for example, the mural at the Truly Senior Living Center, they knew they wanted members of the community in the neighborhood to paint on the mural with the artist. Now, not all artists do that. So we knew we needed to select an artist that was adept, skilled, and passionate about that kind of thing. And so we've worked with a few artists before. We created a proposal of a few different artists and Molly Z was selected and she really enjoys working with community. So long story short, there's lots of different ways that we go about making these decisions. 
is the experience that you've had as a muralist helped to inform at all how you run the organization or how you envision the mural? I'd like to think that it has. I don't really have anything else to compare it with. Well, I guess I do because I've been a muralist for other organizations. And as I mentioned before, having been a teaching artist, I appreciate the sensitivity and I try to rally the sensitivity that I have knowing what it means to be in that position. So providing artists the support that I believe they need that I would have wanted when I was in that position, whether it's in procuring supplies, preparing the wall, managing a reasonable timeline, all of those things. I strive to be very compassionate, I guess is the best word, and sensitive. So I think that having been a muralist, I also understand just the complications of the substrate and of just the act of painting in public and painting in challenging elements, just the sort of variabilities that come with all of that. And I also don't mind leaving the office and getting my hands dirty every once in a while. So I'll sometimes help prime the wall, prep, provide real hands-on assistance if I can, because it's a fun diversion. And I know what it's like. So it makes it a little bit more collaborative than maybe other places, but I don't know, actually, what everyone else is like. You mentioned that the condition of the walls is not always great. How do you address that issue when you're finding sites for murals? The best way to solve that issue is to not choose difficult walls in the first place. However, there are some walls that are just really great locations. And so we found a couple of solutions. And the challenges really are mostly on some of these transit walls where the walls were not poured with pure concrete, a sort of an aggregate compound, and there's organic material behind the wall. So it leaches salt. And we've explored a number of different kinds of materials to combat that. And sometimes it's more successful than others. Some solutions we've had is to design around challenging areas. If you've got a wall that's really great, but there's one area that isn't so great. So designing around that, such as the mural on Grove Street, a new discovery it's not so much a discovery, but a new application that we're also using is to paint on a secondary substrate. There's a material called polytab, which is like a soft synthetic sort of mural cloth. And you can paint on that offsite and then adhere it to the wall, like wallpaper, and it's permanent. This is a tried and true method that organizations like Mural Arts Philadelphia has done for forever, I think. It's a way to paint year-round also because you can only paint outside during certain months of the year here in Chicago. So we've done that at the new Church Street Restoration by Jeff Zimmerman. And so, yeah, we're always exploring that, but really trying to choose walls that are great walls to begin with. You mentioned Mural Arts Philadelphia. Do you do a lot of coordinating with mural organizations and other communities? I don't do so much coordination as I do contact different groups for shared resources. So Mural Arts Philadelphia has been helpful to help us understand certain materials and processes better. We've reached out to them from time to time. I've also connected with some other more regional groups in Illinois about their mural arts programs, and certainly Chicago Mural Arts Group is a wonderful organization that I know well. So yeah, I think that we're all in this for the good fight, and if we can help each other, then it's all good. 
In closing, what are some of the upcoming projects or initiatives that you have that you're looking forward to with Arts Encounter and also the Evanston Mural Arts Project? Well, we do have a couple of murals in the works for 2024 that I am not ready to disclose information about, but they're tremendously exciting projects. We're immediately on the horizon going to be seeing a restoration of the second mural on Church Street by Anthony Llewellyn, which is on one of these more challenging walls. And so the mural is over five years old. So he's going to be refreshing that I'm looking at doing something in the future where we can better document our murals in print. I'm interested in some sort of print publication of our murals, and we're updating our website. For Art Encounter, we're so active, and for the rest of Art Encounter, I should say, the other areas of Art Encounter. We have a very, very robust outreach program. We're quite busy in Chicago Public Schools. We received an NEA grant to expand our in-school residencies in Chicago Public Schools. So that's been wonderful. And we have programs with organizations such as Center for Independent Futures, which serves adults with disabilities. We serve the Title I Evanston schools. Those are ongoing programs that are just very exciting. One of the things that makes our encounter unique is we have a collection of traveling art that we bring into schools, and we received a grant to expand that collection and to expand representation of artists as part of our diversity, equity, and inclusion strategic plan. It's not really a strategic plan, but it's a set of priorities and action plan that we've created over the last year. And finally, in our public and member programs, which includes both local art tours and some art trips. We're going to Cuba with a group of travelers in March, which is very exciting. Joanna has led over a dozen trips to Cuba over the years, getting into art spaces, talking to artists, and we've had several years off on that, and we're excited to go back. So we have a lot going on at the organization. It's a lovely place. We're here at the Noise Cultural Arts Center. Invite people to stop by. There's a beautiful gallery outside. You mentioned your DEI initiatives. What do you do to help to recruit more artists of color and female artists to paint murals in Evanston? We have a mural artist interest form on our website for anyone who wants to get to know us and submit their materials. So we're always recruiting more artists. Thank you for taking time to talk. It's really been a pleasure hearing about what Earth Encounter is doing and hearing more about the Evanston Mural Arts Program as well. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to chat with you too, Jared.